Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. This is episode number 46. Today is February 12, 2023, Super Bowl Sunday here in the United States. As those of you who regularly listen to my podcast and see my website and blog, you are aware that I have been heavily involved through my nonprofit charity, LifeNets, to help war victims in beleaguered Ukraine. Tens of thousands, probably a few hundred thousand people have died in this war that is coming to the one-year mark. Many military deaths, as well as tens of thousands of civilian deaths, including many children in Ukraine. To say the least, this is heartbreaking, as we cry out in prayer for war atrocities in a peaceful nation to stop. This is all very, very personal to us. One of our friends, who was an accountant at the Chernihiv Revival Rehabilitation Center, was killed by an artillery shell. My nephew Roman in Kharkiv was killed when a missile struck his apartment building. After his body was pulled out of the wrecked apartment building rubble, we helped my cousin and her husband give him a proper burial. Our help for victims and refugees is through people that we have known from more than 20 visits to Ukraine and Russia. They have been so good and honest in distributing aid, and we are in constant contact with them. LifeNets has helped with about $200,000 in aid so far that has gone for resettling children from war zones to western Ukraine where it's safer, food packs for refugees, transportation costs for getting people to the border and out of the country when that was still possible, temporarily housing refugees in churches used as shelters in safer western Ukraine, drilling a borehole, that's a well, in Chernihiv at a center to provide water for 100 children, providing equipment at the Chernihiv Center Rehabilitation, because we continue working with the children in spite of the war all around them, buying and building cooking and heating stoves for warming shelters, churches acting as shelters for the general population. We work primarily with people of our faith who we have known for more than 30 years, but they work with people of all faiths, Pentecostals, Adventists, Baptists, as well as those of our Saturday Sabbath-keeping churches. I thank all of our supporters who are providing financing. In large part, it comes from the United Church of God, who is our principal donor. Also, international support has come from UCG international areas of Australia, Canada, the United Kingdom, Italy, and Germany, Singapore, Hong Kong, and other places as well. Other churches have provided aid to us, some we have never heard of, but we do thank you. And also, we have received aid from, from my Rotary Club. We thank you deeply for your care. There are many sad stories of destruction to report. There are voices from the streets of Ukraine and voices from people we know, voices that you don't necessarily see or feel from news reports. Surprisingly, we're able to communicate very, very well through the Internet in spite of the war. I'm in constant contact, as I've mentioned, at least two, three times, maybe more, per week, through Facebook, through WhatsApp, through texting, through email, and we have had very good, clear communications. On Saturday, the 14th of January, 2023, less than a month ago, at about 3.30 p.m., a Russian KH-22-type missile hit a nine-story residential building in Dnipro, on the Neberezhna Peremohi Street, destroying one entrance and 236 apartments. On the 19th of January, the official casualty rate was stated as 46 people killed 
including six children and 80 injured, 12 in critical condition, and 11 people reported missing. 14 children were reported injured, and 39 inhabitants were rescued. The destruction left about 400 people homeless. The strike was part of a months-long campaign of Russian strikes on Ukrainian civilians and civilian infrastructure that also had hit this city of Dnipro. This strike became the most destructive Russian attack on a residential building in Ukraine in the last six months, and a three-day period of mourning was declared. Here is one report that I want to share with you. It was compiled by Yulia Kuzmenko of the city of Dnipro. She writes on the 15th of January, a day after this deadly attack, that our city was torn apart by a rocket over the Dnipro. Here are some of the stories of the residents of the building destroyed by Russia on this day. My friends Irina Salamantina and Olga Usova died under the rubble on January 14, 2023. The city of Dnipro weekend lunchtime. At 2 o'clock the alarm sounded, which lasted for about three hours. During another massive Russian missile attack on Ukraine, a missile hit a nine-story residential building. According to the deputy head of the president's office, Kirill Timoshenko, the house that had 16 entrances and about 1,700 residents was hit. Almost immediately, relatives, acquaintances, and friends of the victims in the building at Dnipro started writing on social networks. And so we collected several stories. Here's one from Rusana Babkina. Rusana is from Mariupol. Her mother, sister, and grandmother lived in the entrance that collapsed as a result of the attack. She told her story on her Facebook page. On the very first day of the full-scale invasion of Russia, her parents joined the militia in their native Mariupol. Subsequently, the defenders were at Avostal, and on May 17th they left and surrendered as prisoners. Mother was released after five months on October 17th. Rusana's father is still in captivity. Rusana herself and her grandmother left for the city of Dnipro from the occupation at the end of March. There I met my sister, who left Kharkiv under shelling on March 5th. The Russians destroyed the building of Rusana's father and grandmother. During April and May, Rusana constantly published on her page appeals for help to the defenders of Azovstal, the condition of the soldiers there, appeals from their commanders. Rusana cites the last correspondence with her family before the attack on January 14th as follows. The last time I spoke to my mother was on the phone at 15.07, 2 minutes and 5 seconds. Everything is quiet with us. Rest. It's a day off, Saturday. My mother was supposed to be on duty at the armed forces, but she stayed at home because of SARS. My sister was tidying up another rented apartment. My grandmother had just finished frying some food in the kitchen. Currently nothing is known about the fate of Rosanna's relatives. Here's another from Anastasia Schwetz. There was a photo of Arsen Drozdev spread across networks and mass media. In the photo, the girl is sitting next to her own bathtub in the ruins of the apartment and is waiting for rescue. This is Anastasia Schwetz. She is 23 years old. In February, even before the large-scale invasion of the Russian Federation, the girl completed her master's degree at the University of Customs and Finance in Dnipro. Anastasia says the following about the attack. I was covered with a door in the bed. Part of the kitchen is in the room, and there is no bathroom, kitchen, corridor, and pantry. There is a chasm 
and I can see the other part of the entrance, someone else's entrance. He kept me almost intact despite the wound in my head and my bare ragged legs. I don't know where my parents are. They say they were seen alive. I'm sure that they were in the kitchen, which is no longer there. I didn't want to escape. I wanted my parents to be found. In September, Anastasia's boyfriend, who fought in the ranks of the armed forces, died. The girl's other Natalia helps animals, does needlework, and bakes to order. Here's another story. The family of Marina and Andri. Arina Medvedeva, a close friend of Marina Figurnaya, who disappeared under the rubble, wrote a post on Instagram. My friends are in the photo. Marina Figurna and her husband, Andri Osinski. Yesterday evening they came to Odessa to visit their parents in Dnipro because they had not seen them for a year because of the damn war. Everyone who knows me closely understands that Marina is closer to me than a sister. A rocket flew into her driveway. There is no information about them. They are not in hospitals either. All relatives were in the apartment. As of 2100 hours on January 14th, Marina's mother was found and taken to the Meknikov Hospital in Dnipro. She is in intensive care. Irina is waiting for any information about the rest of the people. Marina studied at the National Metallurgical Academy of Ukraine. She and her beloved Andri got married in 2015. He is an internet marketer. Now from the Halichi family. Yevhen Halich wrote the following. This is my grandfather, who was almost 90 years old, survived the war, World War II, and now he has to live through it again. Let people see and know that the enemy does not deserve the pain that ordinary pensioners are experiencing. Evgeny, Maxim, and their older sister Tatiana post a request for help on Instagram, stating that their mother and grandfather were left homeless due to the attack on January 14th. The grandfather was wounded. A photo of the bloodied man was published by the granddaughter in the newspaper. Now, report from two girlfriends and mothers, which we mentioned at the first part of this report. Friends Irina Salmatina and Olga Usova died under the rubble. Both were dentists. On January 14th, they were passing by the house that was hit by a rocket. Olga left behind a three-year-old son. Olga is from Donetsk. She worked in the Dental Volunteer Landing Party, leaving on a specially equipped bus to treat soldiers on assignments. Olga's relatives wrote in memory of the dead woman, Unfortunately, there is no way for me to be there instead of you. I would change that without thinking. Irina had two children, a 13-year-old son and a 6-year-old daughter. They were in Poland for some time in the spring, but returned home. Now from Maxim Omelianenko, who is in the military. 31-year-old Maxim is now defending the hottest point of the front, Bakhmut. A few weeks before the shelling of Dnipro, he reflected on his service. If I die young, I promise that everything will be okay with me. No one lives forever. But I hope that when my time comes to leave, I will leave with a smile. Life is a journey. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to live and learn through pain. After learning about the tragedy in his house, he went to Dnipro. His mother, Gidmila, a dog and a cat were under the rubble. The mother was rescued from the apartment on the top floor. She survived in part of the kitchen, crushed by the stove. Maxim fought in the Kherson region before the Bakhmut direction and before the invasion of the Russian Federation in February 2022. He worked as a coach in Dnipro. Maxim's cousin, Anna Gaveska, also talks about the collapse of her childhood home. After yesterday's tragedy in the Dnipro, 
Part of my family was left without a home because my two aunts live in the same house, across two entrances. Now from Ina Ivinska. Craftswoman Ina Ivinska and her family survived the tragedy but lost their home. The woman is a doctor by education, worked in her profession for about 15 years, then mastered a creative occupation and became a craftswoman in the manufacture of Ukrainian folk toys. She is a member of the National Union of Masters of Folk Art in Ukraine. She stayed in Ukraine with the start of the full-scale war, and since March has been holding free master classes for all those who want to, live and online, on the making of dolls. Kazala said that this is her way of helping women in new circumstances. Art therapy. Together with Lyudmila Malisheva from Dnipro, they launched a project called Ukrainian Women as a Symbol of Uniting Generations of the Nation, where local women were gathered for master classes to revive folk puppetry. One of her recent charity events for a holiday was when Ina taught those willing to make dolls, which were then distributed on the streets of Dnipro. Then the Zhuravsky family. Roman and Olena Zhuravsky with her two children escaped from the frontline Toresque Zaporizhia region. Elena is pregnant with their third child. They live together with their 73-year-old grandmother in the destroyed nine-story building. That day she stayed home because she was not feeling well, and the family went to church. The grandmother died, said family friend Serhii Pavlovsky. Olena Dovhai, a Dnipro resident, wrote in the attack that on January 15th, Olena Dovhai, a Dnipro resident, wrote that after the attack on January 15th, her daughter Vika was supposed to have classes in the area near the destroyed house. The class was canceled. The guy from the older daughter is parallel in apartment number 111. Bogutsky is probably under the rubble, but has not been found yet. Miroslava Movchan, a fourth grade student of the Dnipro Educational Complex number 66, is in critical condition in the intensive care unit. Her head and limbs were damaged and her body was lacerated. Elena also shared information from the director of this NEC. As a result of the rocket attack, the life of a student of the ninth grade, the newly elected president of the student republic, Krila, a wonderful child, Maria Lebed, was cut short. The girl's apartment was destroyed. As of 3.30 p.m. on January 15th, President Volodymyr Zelensky reported 25 dead, 73 wounded, and 39 rescued. Search continues for the fate of 43 more people who are unknown. The house is disconnected from all communications. On January 15th, a three-day mourning for the dead was announced in Dnipro. So I wanted to pass along some of the real personal story from the streets of what people go through in a rocket attack. This was one rocket that hit a building and caused all this damage and forever changed the lives of all these people. This is one story of many. I wanted to share this with you to have you experience a glimpse of what is happening in the war in Ukraine. We thank you our listeners for joining us here today for the Cubic Report. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Podbean, which includes information about this podcast, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Pocketcaster, 
and other podcasting platforms. You can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at thecubic at gmail.com, V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.